With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. <gasps> no, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. This is True Crime Psychology and Personality, where we discuss the pathology behind some of the most horrific crimes and those who committed them from a scientifically informed perspective. I'm Dr. Todd Grande. I have a PhD in counselor education and supervision, and I'm a licensed professional counselor of mental health. Dr. Todd Grande, that's my YouTube channel. Today's question is, can I analyze the case of Harold and Tina Klaus and their daughter, Holly Marie Klaus? Harold Dean Klaus Jr. was born on June 7, 1960. He went by his middle name, Dean. He grew up with his family in New Smyrna Beach, Florida. His father died when he was young. Dean appears to have been active in the Jesus movement. I'll talk more about this religious movement in the analysis. Toward the end of the 1970s, Dean started dating a 15-year-old named Tina Gail Lynn. Tina was born on September 21, 1963. Like Dean, she also lived in New Smyrna Beach, Florida. Also like Dean, Tina lost her father when she was young. Dean's sister was dating Tina's brother, which may explain how the couple met. On June 25, 1979, Dean and Tina married at the Volusia County Courthouse. About seven months later, on January 24, 1980, they had a daughter named Holly Marie. The couple originally planned to raise their daughter in the area, but then decided to move to Texas after Dean found a job with a construction company. In the summer of 1980, Dean borrowed his mother's maroon 1978 two-door AMC Concord and drove to Texas with his wife and daughter. AMC did not exactly have a good reputation as far as quality. They marketed the Concord as a luxury vehicle, which meant that the driver would enjoy exceptional comfort as they retraced their route along the highway looking for parts that had fallen off their car. After arriving in Texas, the couple lived in Louisville with Dean's cousin, but soon they found their own residence. Tina mailed letters to her family, with the last one arriving in December of 1980. Dean and Tina were having a tough time financially, but were otherwise doing well. At some point not long after this, the couple was murdered. Their remains were found in the woods just north of Houston, Texas, by a dog, sometime between January 6 and January 11, 1981. The location of their bodies was about 250 miles south of where they had lived. The only physical evidence other than the remains identified at the crime scene was a towel with blood evidence on it. The police believed that they were murdered between December 1980 and early January 1981. The authorities did not know who they were at that time. They only knew that the male victim had been beaten to death and the female victim had been strangled. The case of this double homicide went cold. Sometime around when the couple went missing, two women who were barefoot and members of a nomadic religious group dropped Holly off at a church in Arizona. They explained that their religion called for the separation of male and female members 
not using or wearing leather goods, and being vegetarian. They further indicated that they had once given up a baby at a laundromat. It's not clear why the women mentioned the laundromat part. Maybe they were trying to impress people at the church with their experience, like their baby dropping skills were so renowned that they could even pull off the laundromat venue. The police believe that the religious group that the women belonged to had operated in California, Arizona, and possibly Texas. A few weeks after the couple's families lost touch with them, a woman identifying herself as Sister Susan contacted Dean's family by telephone and said her religious group wanted to return the AMC Concord. Sister Susan offered to drive the vehicle from Los Angeles, California, back to Florida for a generous donation of $1,000. Dean's family agreed, but they also contacted the police. $1,000 to drive the car out was a lot, considering that vehicle only cost $4,000 brand new, and it was three years old. The religious group arranged to meet Dean's family at the Daytona Speedway. Sister Susan and two younger women arrived in the vehicle. A male group member may have also been present. They had long hair and were dressed in religious-looking robes. They appeared to be members of the same group who dropped off Holly, but of course that connection had not been made yet. Only Sister Susan spoke to Dean's family. She told them that Dean and Tina had joined their religious group and didn't want to have any contact with their families. In addition, they had given up all their possessions. Investigators would later say that they believed the police had taken the group members into custody, but no records have been located yet. The police told Dean's mother that it appeared as though Dean was missing voluntarily. So it appears as though they didn't really do much in terms of an investigation. The families of Dean and Tina did not know what happened to them or to their daughter, Holly. They only knew that she was missing along with her parents. In January, 2022, the remains of Dean and Tina were identified using genetic genealogy. In June of 2022, the authorities found the couple's daughter, 42-year-old Holly Marie Klaus, alive and well. Efforts were made to reunite her with the Klaus and Lynn families. The people who raised Holly are not considered suspects by the police. The investigation into the double homicide of her parents is continuing. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry, we were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hi, Vanessa. Hi, Amy. And hi, hi True Crime fans. fans. We're the co-hosts of She Goes by Jane. Every week, we'll be covering the story of a missing or unidentified woman in the United States. Stories you may have heard before. And ones whose stories didn't make it into the news. We've been covering these stories for a while, first in Amy's book of poetry, Doe, and then in Vanessa's documentary, She. But now we want to share them with you here on She Goes by Jane. And each week we'll be joined by a special guest who will read a poem in honor of the women we talk about. Can we say who? We can say who. We'll be joined by actresses like Coco Jones and Gabrielle Ruiz. And musicians like Stephanie Quayle and Kelly Moneymaker along with authors like Louise Penny and Catherine McKenzie. So check out She Goes by Jane wherever you get your podcasts, or check out Evergreen Podcasts and their true crime channel, Killer Podcasts. We can't wait to bring you these stories. Now moving to my analysis. 
Here are my thoughts on a few items that stood out to me in this case. Item number one is the Jesus movement, which I talked about before in the background. This was an evangelical Christian movement that emerged sometime around 1969 on the West Coast. The members of this movement were often referred to as Jesus people. On occasion, they were referred to as Jesus freaks. That's what Dean's family had called them. The movement comprised a number of independent groups that had similar beliefs, as opposed to being a unified and organized church. Here are a few attributes and beliefs of the group members. Many of the members were nomadic. They wandered throughout the United States, Central America, and Europe, although some of the groups did operate traditional churches, like with a physical location and services. The majority of the members were young people. Some were considered hippies. Many of the members struggled with regulating their intake of substances. Psychedelics and marijuana were among the preferred drugs. The members believed in living in a manner similar to early Christians. For example, the members embraced the nomadic lifestyle, often lived in poverty, and some of them did not believe in having possessions. The Jesus movement was considered to be a revival. It resulted in the conversion of many people to the Christian faith. The movement subsided substantially by the late 1970s. However, technically, it was active into the late 1980s. Item number two, was the Jesus movement involved in the case of Dean, Tina, and Holly? The behavior of the women who dropped off Holly and delivered the car is consistent with the Jesus movement. For example, they didn't like possessions, had robes on, and were barefoot. These behaviors connect to an early Christian lifestyle. When considering Dean's involvement with the Jesus movement prior to his relationship with Tina, I think it's reasonable to believe that Dean and Tina became active in this religious group. The couple was young, struggling financially, and had a sense of adventure. Item number three, if members of the Jesus movement were involved in this case, were they involved in the double homicide? The timing of key elements in this case presents a real problem for figuring out who was responsible. It's not clear if Dean and Tina were alive when their daughter was given to the church or when their car was returned to Florida. All the events happened around the same time, but the order of events is not known. The couple could have abandoned their daughter and their vehicle when they ran off with the religious group, only to be murdered shortly afterward. Or they could have been murdered, and that's how the religious group members gained control of their daughter and car. With this in mind, let's look at the evidence both for and against the idea that the group members were involved in the murders, starting with the inculpatory evidence. The members had the couple's daughter. It's unlikely the couple would have voluntarily given up their daughter. The members had possession of the couple's vehicle. There's no indication that the couple no longer wanted the car. Sister Susan made comments suggesting that the couple no longer wanted contact with their families. It's kind of like she was saying, don't bother looking for them. Now moving to the exculpatory evidence, it doesn't make sense that whoever killed the couple would have spared their daughter only to give her away. There have been cases where someone murdered a parent or parents to get a child to raise as their own, but I cannot recall any case where someone murdered a child's parents only to give the child away. Doing that is a good way to get caught for the murder and runs contrary to the motive of raising the child themselves. Similarly, the behavior with the vehicle does not seem to be consistent with murder. They could have sold the vehicle to someone else or simply disposed of it. If they did commit the murders, making contact with the family members of one of the victims was a great way to get arrested. 
When considering the evidence, do I think the religious group was involved in the murders? Well, as I mentioned, the order of events is crucial here. If the murder took place first, then I think it's likely that the religious group members were involved, like they committed the homicides, then took the couple's daughter and car. If the murder took place afterward, then the group members may still have been responsible, but it seems less likely. Motive is another real problem in this case. The most likely motive would have been someone wanting to attack Tina. Perhaps Dean was killed because he was in the way. The police who examined the crime scene believed that Dean was trying to protect Tina, which is consistent with this theory. What may have happened here is that one of the group members went rogue and killed the couple, and the other group members had nothing to do with it. They were just left to pick up the pieces, and they did the best they could. It's unusual that they lied about the couple being alive, but that alone doesn't mean they were guilty. Now moving to the last item, number four. The most astounding element of this case is the fact that Holly Marie Klaus was found alive over 40 years after her parents were murdered. At the time making this video, it's not clear what Holly knew about her upbringing. That information has not been released. Did she know that the people who raised her were not her biological parents? Was she ever told the stories about the women who dropped her off at the church? From those stories, was she able to piece together that her biological parents may have been part of a religious group? Regardless of what she did or did not know, Holly has a lot of information to process. She has been given news that no one would ever expect to hear. This has been True Crime Psychology and Personality from Ars Longa Media. This content is for educational and entertainment purposes only. Ars Longa Vita Brevis. Protect your dream home with American Family Insurance. And you can weather any storm. You'll also save up to 25% by bundling home, auto, and life. American Family Insurance. Get a quote. Find an agent at AmFam.com. Products not available in every state. Discounts may not apply to all coverages on an auto or home policy. Discounts do not apply to life insurance policies. Visit AmFam.com to learn how discounts may apply to you. American Family Mutual Insurance Company, S.I. and its operating companies, American Family Life Insurance Company, 6000 American Parkway, Madison, Wisconsin.